It's great to have you here this morning. If you're visiting, thank you for taking time to join us on Easter Sunday. Uh, whether you're here physically or those that may be watching online, if you don't know me, my name is Mark, and I get the privilege and joy of leading Hunter Christian Church. And uh, I love this family, and uh, I love that we can celebrate our faith together in very real ways. And so, um, as I was praying before, you know that when we celebrate Easter, we are joining billions of people. Everyone say billions. It's estimated 2.3 billion people in, Australia, in, in the world would, would at least tick a box that say, I am a Christian. They would at least in some capacity align themselves with Christianity. And so we see the, the resurrection of Jesus is not just an arbitrary event. It's just not like a, a small event that happened for a small handful of people or a, or a bunch of loyal believers. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is significant. It's, it's, it's changed the world. Now, even if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, or even if you wouldn't align, you might call yourself, but you wouldn't say, I'm a, you know, I tick the box, but I don't really believe much of that stuff. The reality is you cannot deny the fact the resurrection has changed the world. We can't disregard what happened in Jerusalem around 2,000 years ago. Historians acknowledge it. It's not a matter of faith at this moment. I'm saying something happened in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago that started a movement of believers that started with a handful of disciples that were defeated and broken after their leader died on a cross. Something happened that caused that group of disciples to ultimately to, to spread the word about a risen Savior. It took over the Roman Empire. It took, took over the Western world. As I said, at this very moment, 2.3 million people. Hey, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is significant. You're not part of something small. You're not part of a minority. We're part of something far bigger than any one of us could ever imagine. You know, uh, most people don't have a, pr a problem with the fact that Jesus existed. Most people don't have a problem that Jesus, well, he was a good teacher. They don't have an issue that he was, a, he was a, a good moral leader. They don't have an issue with the fact they acknowledge that, that, okay, the Jewish nation, that they conspired against him and they arrested him. And, and the events of, the events of Good, good Friday, most people don't have an issue with Good Friday. They can accept that Jesus was executed on a Roman cross, but they cannot accept the fact that he rose again from the dead. Good Friday, I can understand. We can agree with Good Friday, but, but taking the step from Good Friday to, to Resurrection Sunday, for most people, that's a little bit too far. A step too far. And it's not just... Well, the, the Barnard Group in, a, in America, they surveyed um, thousands of people, and they would say 30% of born-again Christians. So we're talking about 30% of people who would more than just tick a box that says, oh, I might be a Christian. 30% who would actually likely attend a church. 30% of born-again Christians, they do not believe that Jesus came back physically from the dead. They, they, of course, that's a, yeah, look, he rose again, but it was spiritually. 
This is statistics. There's even as believers there. Actually, you might be one of the 30%. If I, if I count one, two, if I count a 10, three of you could be one of those people who say, oh, yeah, look, I, I'm good with Jesus. I'm good with the Easter thing. I'm just not 100% sure he rose again from the dead. If that's you, you're not alone because a lot of people think that. See, the, the thing is, our natural minds, they can only process what we know. Here's a fact. Dead people stay dead. That is, that is what our world understands. That is a natural fact. I mean, uh, let's just pause on Resurrection Sunday. Who believes dead people stay dead? Okay, that makes sense. So you can understand why there's so much pushback about the resurrection because our natural minds cannot process that. And natural minds would identify that dead people stay dead. So when we consider the events of resurrection, when we consider the events of, of Easter, I want you to, to bear in mind that we're not talking about a natural event, we're talking about a supernatural event. Because in the natural, dead people stay dead. And so, this morning, um, well, one of the challenges we have in trying to preach on Easter, and Dave did a great job on Friday. The problem we have in preaching Easter is Dave doesn't know where to stop on Good Friday. Because where do you stop? Because Good Friday is not the end. But we have to be we have to pause on that. Um, and I, on a, on a Sunday, I don't know where to start. How far back do I go? It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a preacher's problem. No one else is Dave, just you and me. Um, on, on, on Friday, Dave shared the depth, the weight, and the significance of Jesus' death on the cross. He shared about Jesus' beautiful exchange of death, his death, for our life. His wounds for our healing. His uh, punishment for our freedom. But without, but, but without the resurrection, all of that would have been meaningless. If it wasn't for Easter Sunday, David's message, while incredibly beautiful and profound, it would have been pointless because Jesus stayed dead. It would have just been another good man dead. It would have just been another moral teacher dead, executed. It would have just been another prophet hanging on a cross. Good Friday without Resurrection Sunday is meaningless. It's pointless. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of a good person. For the, for, the, for the disciples, their world had just been shattered. They'd been with Jesus for three years, wondering if their rabbi, if the one they'd been following, was going to be the promised Messiah. Was he someone special? They'd seen Jesus perform all sorts of miracles. They'd watched him stand against the religious people of the day, the religious establishment. They'd listened to his teaching on a, on a brand new kingdom that had come, God's kingdom. They, but they believed that Jesus could be the one the prophets had talked about and spoke of. And they believed that Jesus was the rightful king and the deliverer for Israel. They, the disciples, they believed. They were all in. They gave their whole life to believe in who Jesus was. They, they gave everything to follow this Messiah because they thought he was it. They thought he was the one. Could you imagine their surprise 
when Good Friday came. Last week on Palm Sunday, it seemed everything was falling into place. The crowds were cheering and celebrating. Jesus was riding into town, but they were waving branches. They were laying their clothes down and their coats down, and they were celebrating the coming of the King. But then Good Friday came. It seemed that on Good Friday, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Now these disciples, they were now in fear of their lives, fear for their lives. If the Jewish leaders could kill Jesus, if these Jewish leaders could get to him, surely they could get to us. So they found themselves in hiding. Their cause was finished. It was over. After all, dead people stay dead. That's what happens. That's, 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 what the, that, that's just a fact. Maybe the lyrics of our first song, which, uh, thanks, Jess, that was amazing. Um, maybe the lyrics of the first song might make a little bit more sense. Not just for the disciples, but for us. The greatest day in history. Death is beaten. You have rescued me. Celebrate. Jesus is alive. The empty cross, an empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Celebrate. Jesus is alive. You can understand why when dead people should stay dead and this one didn't. You can understand where there's some celebration going on. And it was, I believe, the greatest day in history. So much happened on Easter Sunday. And so, you know, for us today, on Easter Sunday 2023, it's a wonderful celebration. But for Jesus' family and friends, they weren't singing that song on Saturday. Their world said the world was broken. Good Friday was unexpected. Good Friday was confronting. Good Friday, Friday was tragic. One could even say Good Friday was traumatic. When, when, when what, typically trauma is associated with negative experiences. When you're confronted with something totally unexpected, something where you don't have a framework to understand or to process or to handle what has just gone on. That was Good Friday. That was, that was the disciples on Saturday traumatized by seeing their, their leader, their Messiah, massacred on a cross. Trauma is when you have a paradigm that something occurs and you don't actually have a paradigm. Where am I going to fit this into my understanding? That's what trauma is. Maybe, maybe you've had a trauma in your life. Maybe it's usually associated with, with death. And maybe you've, you've experienced something like that where you've um, car accidents or a whole range. I don't want to go into the details of it. But maybe you've had a time. I know a church experienced this less than a year ago where we had... Uh, when AJ passed away, it was traumatic, it was unexpected, it was none of us, not one of us had a framework to process that. Not one of us had an understanding that doesn't fit into the way my world should be. It was traumatic. Trauma, you can't undo what happened. You can't unsee that thing you saw. You can't ever see your world again the same way. 
And the best you can do when you face trauma is try to make your world work. Accept your new reality. So Good Friday ticks all those boxes. It ticks those boxes of unexpected and, 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 and no paradigm or no framework and a trauma that's occurred. I tell you what also creates trauma. Seeing a dead body come back to life. That would be traumatic. I want you to think about that. That would be freaky. No one expected this. Because dead people stay dead. For the disciples, when they encountered the resurrection, when they encountered Jesus, their life could never be the same again. They can't unsee a resurrected Jesus. All four gospel writers tell the story of Jesus' resurrection. They tell it all in their own particular way as they reflect on the, on the events. And they try to put words here around something which is really impossible to understand. When they wrote the Gospels, they had to understand that, that people know dead people stay dead, so they're writing something down that doesn't make sense. Dead people stay dead. When they're writing of a resurrection, it's a, they're knowing people aren't going to believe this, except for the fact that we saw a risen Jesus. It seems impossible to explain. But it seems on Resurrection Sunday, the impossible becomes possible. And this morning, we're going to have a quick look at uh, Luke's version of the story. So if you've got your Bibles, we are going to Luke chapter 24. And we're going to follow through some of the verses on the screen. Uh, as we look at some of the story of Luke's account, I want you to try to look at it from how distressing, how traumatic, how unsettling, how freaky what was transpiring, what was going on in their lives. Even though it's a good thing, I want you to think about what would be going on inside their heads and their minds. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. But very early Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. These women would have still been in shock after witnessing Jesus' death. Some of them were at the cross, and they were, they were, they were there. And they, they saw him, they saw him take his last breath. They were there when, they, when the soldiers pierced him with the sword. They were there and they saw the, the blood and water they were there when they, when they took his limp body off the cross and dead people stay dead. They knew it was over. Their hearts would have been so heavy. They would have been so broken as they, as they went to the tomb to prepare the body for its, its long-term burial. It would have been so surreal. I mean, like less than a week ago, they were dancing and celebrating the disciples. Jesus was very much alive. They couldn't have possibly imagined that this Sunday morning that they would have to go and clean up his battered body. They would not have been looking forward to this event. I remember when my, when my dad died. He died of a, of a heart attack. I was interstate at the time and we, and we came back to, to, well, to, to go home. And uh, I remember we went to the uh, funeral parlour and to, uh, to see him, his body, and it was so surreal. 
don't know if you are, maybe you've, you've, you've experienced something like this and, and you're looking at, you're, you're facing death and you're thinking, this is, this, is not, this is not real, I've got no paradigm. It's only a week ago, he died four days after we moved to our previous church. And so only, only five days before that we've seen him driving. And so it's, it's just bizarre. You've got no paradigm. You've got no way to process what's happening. It was so, so, so surreal, so unbelievable. And when I saw him, it was so final. Dead people stay dead. So, so these, these, these women, they would have been going to this uh, with broken, heavy, hurting, grieving, numb hearts to the tomb. Verse 2. Then they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Well, that would, have, that would have been a shock. They wouldn't have expected that. They were expecting, in fact, another gospel writer would tell us they were wondering who's going to move the stone for us. So the very fact that the stone had been rolled away, that would have all of a sudden, hang on a sec, something's wrong here. I was talking to Noah about this during the week. He's saying, could you imagine that you're, you're, you've just gone to your gravesite of a friend and all of a sudden the grave's been dug up? Of course that would be shock. You'd be going, what the heck is going on here? And so, so the, the gravestones opened and, the, and so that goes on to say that they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. That would have been stressful. What's going on? What, has someone else come before us? Did someone else do his body? Some, all these natural things that are going through their minds. That would have been so distressing for them. And they would not be able to process, hang on a sec, we're expecting to, to find a dead body here. They would have got there and they would have, we've got our spices, what, what do I do? And they would have been quite lost at that point. Trying to process what was happening. Then what happened next would have totally, totally freaked them out. Because uh, in verse 5, as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them. I mean, come on. That would have been freaky. Anything think that would be freaky? Can you imagine this? These guys are going through enough as it is. They're trying to process that the body's now gone. All of a sudden, like these two guys are just standing. Hey, hello. You know, freaked out. That would have been traumatic. Tell the person next to you, that would have freaked me out. I mean, I, I get freaked out when I walk around the corner in the, uh, in the hallway and someone's just standing there. Let alone, let alone two guys dressed in white. And they were clothed in dazzling robes. The women were understandably terrified. And they bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Well, angels, just in case you're wondering, dead people stay dead. We saw him on the cross and, you know, this happened and that happened. Angels, you know, dead people stay dead. But then they asked him a question that would have perplexed them. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? I wouldn't know. I'd be thinking, what are you talking about? Yeah, the, the women don't give an answer. But I think we just understand they would be lost for words. He goes on to say, the angels go on to say, He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. <coughs> 
and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back to the, from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. I'm just going to go to Matthew's story just for a little bit. Matthew chapter 28, it says that as they went, this is the women, um, as they went, so okay, imagine this, they're, they're, they're okay, the angels are talking to you, freaky, well, nobody, freaky, angels, freaky, Jesus has been told me he's now alive, I don't know what to do with that, I'm going to run back to my, my, my crew at home and, and explain that, so as they're running back, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, hey, that would have been freaky, that would have been unexpected. That would have, that, I mean, how is your heart going? I've titled this an emotional roller coaster. These women were going through the ups and downs. It's, it's, it's higher than low, than higher than Jesus turns up. What do you do with that? What do you do with a, a dead body that's supposed to be dead but isn't? They ran to him. They grasped his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus says, don't be afraid. Obviously, they were. Who'd be afraid? Yeah, all of us. We'd be freaking out. Okay. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Um, but go tell my brothers to leave the Galilee, and they will see me there. This is freaky event. This, is, this, this isn't normal. What's going on in this passage here is not your normal day in the life of any one of you. Verse 3, now we're back into Luke's story. So we go to verse, um, sorry, it's from Matthew, verse 13. That same day, now we're in Luke, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. If you're a church person, you may know the story of, of the Emmaus Road. If you're not a church person, that's okay. They've just got two guys that are walking to another place. But in the, in the passage, I'm not going to read it all. There's a fairly lengthy account of what happened when Jesus just turns up and walks with these two guys um, on the road. They didn't recognize Jesus because they wouldn't recognize him because why should they recognize him? Because dead people stay dead. You know, if, if, if someone died, I'm not going to be looking for them. They're not, they're not going to be there. Dead people stay dead. So let's not be too harsh on them. They wouldn't recognize him. Um, but as we go to verse 30, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized with him. And then what happened? Freaky! What? All of a sudden, okay, so we walk with this guy, telling, talking about the Messiah and the crucifixion and all that type of stuff. Then we have a meal and all of a sudden, hang on, this is Jesus. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden, poof! He's gone. I mean, come on, Jesus, these guys are going through a hard day. <laughs> Couldn't you just say, see you later, talk to you soon? No, he disappeared. Talk to you. That's why they didn't whine, that's right, they didn't. A bit more than that. Talk about a roller coaster of emotions. This is not normal. And verse 32, 33, sorry. And within the hour, they were hot-footing it back to Jerusalem. I can understand that. They just, they have a, a guy and he's gone. And, so they're running back to Jerusalem, where they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord's already, he's really risen. He's already appeared to Peter. 
Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they recognized them as he was breaking the bread. So I'm not too sure how much emotional shock people could have, have in a day. I don't, know, I don't know any doctors here can give me how many bits of news of traumatic, unexpected, confronting news can you handle in a day. Uh, I'm not too sure, but, uh, uh, but these guys were going through a lot. Their adrenaline would have been up there. They would have, heartbeat would have been up there. But I can imagine, okay, things are starting to settle down a little bit. Okay, the guys were amazed. They told us what's going on. Something amazing going on, but they started to settle. Starting to breathe. Everyone take a breath. In verse 36, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus was suddenly standing there among them. <laughs> hey! What? Freaked out. This is this is this is traumatic. You got a dead body standing there. Unexpected. Peace be with you, he says. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Did you bring that scotch? I don't know. Because, well, the whole trip was startled and frightened. Easter is traumatic. Easter is frightening. Easter is confronting. Easter is unexpected. Why are you frightened, he asked. As if, oh, they were frightened because they thought he was, they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? What, why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. So this is going to be helpful. Hey, check out the, the, the holes in my hands. Check, check out the big scar on my side. I don't like it when I'm scrolling randomly through Facebook and I come across someone decided to post a picture of their wound. <laughs> I remember he was posting a photo of his leg when he was pinned by the trailer. Please don't post traumatic photos of your mum does it. Yeah, it's your leg. <laughs> I don't like it when I'm scrolling through all of a sudden someone's got half a head hanging off. I don't like it. Anyone else? You know, I don't know how Ali does. You show me, she'll zoom in. And so, yeah, and so Jesus is saying, hey, check out my wounds. I mean, they wouldn't have been nicely sewed up, but they would have been no plastic surgery. They would have been, in fact, they were very real because Jesus would say to Thomas, you know, place your hand in my side. <laughs> Jesus, what do you say? This is confronting. This is traumatic. This is freaky. He says, touch me to make sure I'm not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed him his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief. They stood there with their jaws on the ground. They stood there unable to utter a word, but filled with joy and wonder. It seemed they were just staring at him. Couldn't talk, couldn't think. I mean, this is too much for anyone's emotions to cope with. Everyone would start to shut down because it's too much confronting, too much trauma occurring. Unable to make sense of what's happening, conflicting emotions, disbelief, joy, wonder, 
about to shut down, about to have a nervous breakdown. So Jesus uh, senses their fear, I guess, and he tries to help them realize, look, I've offered them to check out my hands and things, but they're just standing here not saying anything. And so he goes, all right, do you have anything to eat? So they gave him a piece of fish. And, they, and he ate it. Well, you read it. And he ate it as they watched. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, when you, they, they eat, and then you can see it go through their ribcage. Yeah. No kids are used to it. That's all right. They, were, they thought he was a ghost, so they gave him some fish, and then they, what, they, they were just staring at him. I don't know. This, this, was, this was not normal. Have you got this? Do you understand this? The resurrection is not normal. It's not expected. It's, it's, it's not what, what one would think would be just a normal course of one's day. And you check out the other Gospels. The resurrection confronts everyone. The disciples were confronted and traumatized. The Jewish leaders didn't know what to do. The Romans didn't know what to do. The body had gone missing. Talk about confronting. Matthew would tell us that when, when Jesus died, the, uh, the, the graves were opened and, and people came up out of the graves and walked the streets of, of, of What the heck? <coughs> Traumatic. Freaky. Unexpected. Resurrection. I wonder what you will remember about Easter 2023. What will you remember about this message that I share? Gee, it was traumatic. It was confronting. It didn't, it didn't make sense 2,000 years ago. And it still doesn't make sense today for many people. And yet, it was life-changing for Jesus' followers. Dead people stay dead until God steps in. So what about us today? We need to be people who more than just believe in the resurrection. Believing is a, is a great start. I mean, without believing in the resurrection, we've got no anchor to put our faith in. But I think as we, as we consider the impact of the resurrection today, I think we need to learn to see things through the lens of the resurrection. I'm going to put a few thoughts up here. The resurrection of Jesus shows us that nothing is impossible for God. That's one of the things the resurrection shows me. How impossible is your situation? How hard? How difficult does your situation feel? The resurrection shows me that, that God can turn that around. In a moment, with a single voice from heaven, we find Jesus' body rose again. The resurrection reminds me nothing is impossible for God. 
No matter how hard, on my darkest, hardest, worst day, that God is at work. When I feel like a good Friday, or I feel like when things are my world's turned upside down, or I feel like a Saturday, when I'm numb from, numb from the pain and the loss and the grief and the shock and the hurt and the disappointment, I just got to remind myself that the resurrection reminds me that God can do the impossible. On my worst days, God can shine and be the best in my life. Nothing is impossible for God. The resurrection shows us that death does not have the final say. Death does not win. Death is not the end. The Apostle Paul will tell us that the sting of death is gone. Yes, death is painful. I know I've experienced that and I'm sure many of you have experienced that. Even I'm mindful that today some of you are experiencing an Easter without your loved one. That was here last year. I know, I know death hurts and I know it's painful. But my Bible tells me that the sting of death is removed. Because we know death does not have the final say. There is hope beyond the grave. There is hope beyond the grave. That we will be reunited to celebrate and to, to, to experience our relationship with those we've lost. Friends, resurrection reminds me that. Hope is, hope is on the way. We don't need to fear death. And what appears to be the end, what appears to be the end, could just very well be the beginning of something new. Number three, the resurrection challenges the way we think. Dead people stay dead. Or do they? When God's involved, does that equation have to work? Not, not, just, not just the resurrection. Let's, let's move to a bunch of other things that you may be wrong about. Maybe, maybe we just can't trust everything we see. Just because we saw that, it doesn't mean it has to be that. The resurrection reminds me that maybe I need to approach some things differently. I can't, I, I can't, I can't trust just because I've seen this situation that looks very dead to me. Maybe it's not dead. Maybe God's at work. Maybe God can speak resurrection life into my situation that seems dead right now. This may not be the end of your story. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what... And I, um, Helen was sharing with me earlier in the prayer meeting. That you're just feeling that there's to there's maybe people here who are thinking some relationships are dead. Could be marriage, could be family, could be friendships. And particularly as you're travelling, maybe to family, it's it's highlighted to you. You might be here thinking, this is dead. It's over. It's finished. The resurrection reminds me that death doesn't win. And that, that God can bring life from death. It challenges the way I think. I can't, I can't think so black and white. I think it's got to be like this. Because when God steps in, there's no got to be. 
Resurrection highlights that new life is available here and now. Christianity is not about waiting to go to heaven when we die. That, that, that's not the whole end game. If that's the end game, let me say a salvation prayer and, and shoot me in the head. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be unpleasant. I'm just trying to say, if the goal is heaven when we die, which, which is a wonderful end game, but there's got to be more to Christianity than waiting till we die till we go to heaven. The resurrection reminds us that life can start today. We don't need to wait. And yes, we're going to experience the fullness of our resurrected life when, when at the end of time when Jesus makes all things new. When he returns with his kingdom and he comes riding in, into, into his new creation. There is a resurrected life for all of us. There is a resurrection that's yet to come and it's all its fullness that we'll experience that. But it starts right now. Jesus came in, back to the world physically to show us the resurrected life starts today. It's available here and now. <clears throat> Two more to go. The resurrection reminds me that God is committed to people. God is committed to you. That is the whole deal. That is the whole reason for the cross. That is the whole reason for, for the, the narrative of, of Scripture where God makes a way to come and be with His people and to provide a way that you and I could be made right with our Father in Heaven. The Word is reconciled to be made right. This is the whole purpose that God loved His children so much that He sent His only Son to die a criminal's death on a cross. God is committed to people. God is committed to you. God is committed to me. The resurrection reminds me that God is still committed. He hasn't given up. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't given up on me. He hasn't given up on your family. God is committed. And the last thought I have, we might get our team up, please. I think we need to get someone from downstairs. The resurrection reminds me that we are resurrection people. We live in a Good Friday world. We live in a world full of pain and darkness and despair and brokenness and fear and emptiness and, and, and numbness and, 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 and shock and trauma. And this is the world we live in where there is no, uh, in a Good Friday world, our, our world is upside down. Nothing makes sense. We live in this world all around us where this world is so broken and hurting. And as I look around, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. From our schools to our economics to our financial system, you name it, to our political systems. This world is dark and it's hurting and it's broken. And we, are, we can choose to live in, well, we live in that world. But we can choose to be Good Friday people or we can choose to be resurrection people. We can choose to be a people who understands that, that the Apostle Paul would tell us that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, get this, get this, the same spirit, this, this, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit, in fact, the same Holy Spirit that hovered over the surface of creation in Genesis. The same Spirit that was at work through the prophets of old. 
The same spirit that, that, that overshadowed Mary and, and, and gave her life. The same spirit that, 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 rested, that rested on Jesus' shoulder. The same spirit that, 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 that's, that's raised him from the dead. The Bible says, dwells in this mortal body. It's that same spirit dwells in you. If you are a, a believer, a follower of Jesus, my Bible tells me the same spirit dwells in you. And we'll give life to our mortal bodies. We give life to the natural world we live in. Give, give life to our thought process, to life to our brokenness, to life to, the, to our emptiness, life to the things that we consider dead. The same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in our mortal bodies. We are resurrection people. And God's placed us, He's filled us with the Spirit and He's placed us in this world so that we can be resurrection people in a Good Friday world. So that we can speak life and love and hope and purpose to those around us. Dead people stay dead. Except for Jesus. And like the disciples, once they saw a risen Jesus, they can never, ever unsee that, unexperience that. The resurrected Jesus changes the way you... You can't possibly live the same if you've seen a resurrected Jesus. Your life would have to be different. And if you look at the story of the disciples, all of them, most of them were martyred for their faith. A few years ago, I went to um, Chennai or Madras in India, and, and the, uh, there's a there's a mount. Anyone been to St Thomas Mount in, in Chennai? Just me. You should go. Robert. And there is a the legend. Heaven would be that the uh, Apostle Thomas, who is the one that Jesus said, "Stick your hand in my side," to the one who, who was doubting the doubted Jesus. Legend would have that he actually sailed across to India on the, on the west coast of India in, uh, in Kerala uh, and then he made a way across the bottom of India to um, Madras, Chennai, and they, and they speared him on the beach. And, uh, and on the, there there's a mountain that they've got a little temple, not temple, it's a church. And uh, that would say there's fragments of stones. Yeah, not too sure about that. But either way, something happened that would cause a disciple who's hiding for his life, would cause him to travel the world and, and to talk about Jesus and to, and to leave everything he knew and, and to die a martyr's death. Uh, name all the apostles that were all. Peter was hung up, crucified upside down. Uh, the apostle Paul, he, uh, sorry, John, he was trying to boiled in oil. They tried to kill him in the end. They couldn't kill him, so they put him away on an island. Friends, something happened 2,000 years ago to these disciples. They, they saw a resurrected Jesus, and their life could never be the same. And that's for us today. Once you, if, you have, if, you, if you've experienced a resurrected Jesus, your life doesn't have to be the same. You are a resurrected person, and the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. 
Isn't that great news? Why don't we all stand together and read one verse? Okay, this is Peter. He was. He says, "What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have Him, this Father of our Master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. But the future starts right now." You can, we, we can choose to walk out of here with Good Friday lens on, looking at how bad everything is, looking how bleak and terrible and dark, or we can choose to swap out those glasses and put on a pair of resurrection glasses and start to realize, you know what? Yes, the world may be dark and hurting, but I'm a resurrected person. I've got the Spirit of God inside of me. I can go and encourage people and love people and help people and inspire people, put my arm around people. I can, be, I can bring life to people because I've got life inside of me. I'm going to pray, then we're going to sing, and then we're going to have one cross So, Father God, I just thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that today we are reminded once again of your resurrection, of your power. And Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I know it was freaky for those first disciples. It would have been traumatic. It would have affected everything they could ever think and how they process everything. Lord, I pray that today that we will be confronted in a good way on the resurrection, on your resurrection. That you would make yourself real to us, not just on Easter Sunday, but every day. That we walk in the power of your resurrection. That we take life with us. And that we start to think differently. Start to believe differently. For the things we thought were dead, Lord, I pray that we would believe they're alive. Just while our eyes are closed, if you're here this morning and you've and you've got something going on in your life that you think is dead, maybe a relationship, maybe a, a situation, a, a job or a, a desire or something, and it's, it seems to be dead, I want to just include you in a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come out, but just give me your wave and say, Mark, pray for me. I'm facing, thank you, oh, thank you, thank you. Who else would say, thank you, thank you? Who else would say, I've got a deadness, I've got a, a situation that seems to be no hope, seems helpless, seems dead. The enemy wants to remind you that dead people stay dead. He wants to remind you that dead things stay dead. He wants to fill you with hopelessness. This morning I declare life, I declare hope, I declare resurrection over relationships. Lord, I pray that you would, you would miraculously make a way that you through your Holy Spirit would go before and we would see resurrection alive in all of these situations. thing I want to do before we sing this song and you guys have been so well playing back there you know I don't know everyone who's here this morning and I really do appreciate the time you've given to come but I really want to give the opportunity for you if you're here and maybe you've, you've never considered the resurrection maybe you've never really ever considered Jesus maybe today you've been confronted with something which is just moving your heart, stirring you. What that is, it's God's spirit at work drawing you to him. And he wants to bring life and freedom and hope. 
So if that's you here this morning, if you're if that if that is for you this morning, I'm going to hang around up the front just a bit for a little bit. But I'd love to talk to you about how you can encounter Jesus, how you can actually meet Him, experience who He is, and all that He has for you. I'd love to talk to you about that. And so um, I'm going to finish my prayer now, and then we're done. So Lord, I do pray, Lord, for those that may be wrestling with you wrestling with Christianity or wrestling with faith, even wrestling with resurrection. Lord, I pray that you would just open their eyes to see you and to embrace you like the women did when they met you in the garden, to fall at your feet and embrace you. And Jesus, I pray that you'd help us today to be the carriers of resurrection wherever we go. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, this